When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're almost to the end of May, and the Pirates still have yet to win a series in the month. They dropped the series finale against the Texas Rangers 3-2 on Wednesday, continuing their absolutely pathetic performance in the month of May. Good morning, everybody, on your Morning Bucket Joe for May 25th, a Thursday. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your day. If not, just remember Friday and the weekend is almost here. Not a real good time for the Pittsburgh Pirates, as we alluded to in our opening monologue here. They dropped the series finale to the Texas Rangers 3-2. to uh, Both teams got eight hits apiece, which is good to see. Pirates, though, committing two errors in the game and just poor hitting, just really poor everything. You know, I, I try not to start these off uh, with um, some neg- with negativity because who likes that? But at the same time, when you're playing like the Pirates are, and there's just no glimmer of hope for them right now. Uh, there was a couple good notes, but considering we are on May 25th, we're 25 days into the month of May. And the Pirates still have yet to win a series. And it seems like they're following a trend of winning the opening of the opening game of a series, then dropping the remainder of them. It's just it's getting pathetic at this point. Uh, We'll talk more about my thoughts on this later. Let's get into the in-game action. We start in the first inning. Uh, a lot of early scoring between both teams in the first. Uh, Marcus Semien homered on a fly ball to the left. Uh, really early lead for the Rangers. Kind of took him out early, and it kind of just continued to pour gas onto the fire that is Johan Oviedo in the first inning. Oviedo then gave up an RBI double to Josh Young to give the Rangers a two-run lead. Jonah Heim then reached, or then uh, yeah, reached on a fielder's choice, drove in a run. Uh, to make it a 3 nothing Rangers lead in the first, and that's kind of what they needed to do. They left it up to their pitching and defense throughout the remainder of the game. They walked away winners. Pirates did get two back in the bottom of the second, and we'll go there now. Uh, Jack Sawinski, rough day for him, rough series for him, and why not? Rough season for him, but he did drive in a run. Uh, the first one for the Pirates on a ground out. The first he traded out for a run, which is good to see. And then Jason DeLay continued his uh, prolific hitting season, trying to tiptoe around that because obviously he's a backup catcher nobody likes that so uh trying to just be nice with him but he singled home a run to make it a one-run game uh but of course chris owings then grounded into a double play to kill the rally and pretty much end any hope the pirates had um again just a bad day for them oviedo did come back out he settled down throughout the next couple of innings he made uh he, he lasted five and two-thirds innings in the fourth inning tossed an immaculate inning Congrats to him. That's the second time this season that a Pirates pitcher tossed an immaculate inning. For those who don't know, an immaculate inning striking out the side on nine pitches. For those who don't know, Colin Holderman did so earlier this month in Tampa Bay. So I guess that's good to see. Um, Pirates did have some good help from their bullpen. Robert Stevenson and Rob Zestrizny combined for for a full inning of shutout ball. Dari Moreta, he just continued to excel and ending in a third of scoreless balls striking out two. And then Colin Holderman pitched a scoreless ninth. 
offensively for the Pirates, though, Delay and Rodolfo Castro were the only ones to get multi hits. And uh, I'm just going to say this right now: play Castro more, please. Just just give him an opportunity. I mean, come on. What else do we need to see from him? He's two for he was two for four yesterday. He's got batting 263. I think that's his highest so far as a Pirate. Um, Jason Delay continues to hit i mean it, when you look at the at the difference between Hest- or the hedges and delay it is delay can hit and hedges can form good bonds i guess i don't know big question mark there but uh both teams held scoreless throughout the remainder of the game will smith pitched a five out save his first of his career um which joe block absolutely loved on the radio broadcast i was listening to it yesterday and that's all he kept talking about was a five out save his first of his career it's all i kept hearing about instead of you know, the Pirates continue to lose. They're now one game above 500. It's it's just ridiculous. It really is. The Pirates should not be this bad considering their 20 and 8 start. And I understand what you're going to say. Well, the Pirates played a lot of fluky or a lot of bad teams in April, which, yes, that's true. But at the same time, there's no way that a team can just derail this badly. I mean, come on. But then again, we look at some of the decisions that are being made. One being the constant use of Jack Sawinski. The guy is cooling off or has cooled off and is just looking lost at the plate right now. Uh, batting 219. Remember when this guy was hitting 320? Uh, and now he's hitting 219, an OPS of 780. The guy strikes out a ton. Um, obviously, he's not helping much. And he lost a ball in the sun yesterday. And he's done that a lot since spring training. Um, I know you don't factor much into what's what happened in spring training, but considering this is carrying over and bleeding into the season, it, it's it's becoming a problem. And then we also have the problem that is Chris Owings. Sure, Chris Owings had a hit yesterday, but he also he looked at strike three right down the middle, right down the middle. And it was whenever there were runner on base, upon potential tying run that, you know, the Pirates could have actually done something with it. But Owings just decided to stand up there and not use the bat that was in his hands. He could have just went up there without it, and it would have resulted in the same thing. Why is he here? Just why? He's terrible. There's a reason why he's been a minor league journeyman, okay? And even when he's been on an MLB team, he hasn't succeeded. And you know who else hasn't? Josh Palacios. You know, he had a great game against Arizona in the series opener there, but he has yet to do anything else. Like, I'm sorry, but he is just terrible. And while we're at, while we're on the subject of people who are just terrible, G1 Bay, what happened to him? I remember when he used to be a solid contact hitter who was just a master class on the bases. And now it just seems like he surrenders himself when he's on the base paths. And just there's nothing attainable for him right now, aside from his speed. But then again, speed is useless when you continue to get out on the base paths with it. I mean, the fact he keeps getting picked off, he keeps running into outs. Like there, there is nothing right there that I want to see from G1 Bay right now. People are clamoring for Rodolfo Castro to get starts at second base, and I'm with them. I don't want to see G1 Bay anymore. Either sit him, send him down to AAA, do something. Do the same thing with um, Jack Sawinski. Um, people are making fun of this situation, saying, "Oh, I guess we should cut him." Like, no, we shouldn't cut him. I mean, I don't think we're at that point yet, but definitely either sit him or send him down because the dude is just awful right now. I would rather see, I, I don't, I, I can't even finish this analogy because it's like, it's so outlandish to see a guy like Sawinski go up there. And I, I mean, people on Twitter are finding it, you know, they're starting to pick him apart actually. And there are people out there that say, you know, Jack Sawinski only thrives in a mop up role when there's not, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not great in high leverage situations. 
Yes, he's also not great, period. I gave him a little bit of slack in the beginning of the year because he changed his approach. He looked a lot better when we were on that hot streak of 20 and 8. But since then, he's just resorted to last year's Jack Sawinski, striking out a ton, whether it's looking or swinging. He doesn't look great. His defense is shaky. Like, yeah, he made one diving catch in uh, Tuesday's game, I believe, um, it's either Monday or Tuesday, but he made one diving catch and then he follows it up the next day by losing a ball in the sun. Like as an outfielder, you're taught how to shade the sun, how to catch a ball in those conditions. But yet it seems like every time that happens with Swinsky, things just go wrong for him. So I, I, I mean, I, Nathan Hirsch, if you're listening, I'm sorry. And I'm sure you'll want to talk about this on talk the plank, but I am getting sick and tired of watching him getting sick and tired of watching G one Bay. And I'm also sick and tired of uh, Connor Joe sitting the bench. Like the guy can hit. He at least finishes a game with a hit and a walk. Like he finds ways to get on base and yet he keeps getting sat. I don't understand why. And I think we're, we're forgetting a major point here. Brian Reynolds, since he has signed that contract extension. Now I'm not ragging on Reynolds. I'm not saying he's bad. Don't get me wrong. He's not, but it seems like now every time he comes up in a high leverage situation, He either grounds into a double play, grounds out into a force out, or strikes out. He'll come through like every once in a while. And I'm sorry, but if if you are our our highest paid player in franchise history, you cannot be playing like that. Okay, I would expect this sort of thing from a guy like Chris Owings, from a guy like Austin Hedges, you know, bottom three. I would expect that. Not a guy who's getting paid over $100 million to play baseball. That's just unacceptable. Um, want to flash it to the pitching side real quick. Um, well, let's wrap up the Reynolds subject. Obviously, I'm not clamoring to sit him, not clamoring to go down. I'm just saying he needs to play better. He, he needs to come through in the clutch. He needs to be the leader that we know he is, and he needs to just step up to where he was before. Like, I mean, it's good to see that he got his first homer since April 7th, but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm getting really sick and tired of him grounding out into double plays, killing rallies, and just not doing anything. All right, that, that's where I'm going with this. But let's flash it over to the pitching side. I'm, I'm still impressed with Johan Oviedo. Do I think he could be a starter over a reliever or vice versa? I'm not at that point where I can say whether uh, he's a starter or a reliever, but I am impressed with him. I mean, he does bring some good stuff. He's got a nice hook on his slider. Obviously, the immaculate inning shows that he's got potential. It's just, I think it's just finding the right role for him. And people are saying that this coming weekend, which is kind of a good transition with Vince Velasquez coming back, what should the pirates do? And they do face a little bit of an issue with uh, Oviedo and Ortiz in the rotation. Vince Velasquez coming back. You don't want to send one of those two guys down to triple a, and I don't know if you maybe send them to the bullpen. Vince, obviously not. He's still in the rotation. He's he's been good. If he continues to, if he struggles when he comes back, then maybe a bullpen role, but Right now, something's telling me Oviedo should stay in the rotation and Ortiz should go to the bullpen or Pirates work a six-man rotation. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think it takes a bullpen arm away, but I don't think it's a terrible idea. But they find themselves in an interesting situation. I will say I am still on the Oviedo train. I don't think he's a bust. I don't think he's terrible, but I think he does have to overcome those first-inning jitters because that's not that's going to hinder him going forward. I think it's just an ERA killer for him because right now I think his numbers – don't really reflect how good he actually is on the mound. He's run into a couple rough spots this season, but other than that, he's looked pretty phenomenal. So I'm still on the Oviedo train. I'm still fine with him. Um, 
I'm excited to see Vince Velasquez come back as the Pirates go to Seattle for the weekend. They're off on Thursday, thank God, because, again, Pirates can't lose a game when they don't play. Smart thinking right there. And the Mariners are at 25-24, and 24, same record as the Pirates, and uh, good chance for the Pirates to win the opener. Uh, Friday night, 10-10, first pitch. Mitch Keller will go for the Pirates, looking to continue to add to his dominant season. He goes up against George Kirby's 5-3 and three with a 262 ERA. Matchup of young of good young pitchers should be interesting to find out. But for now, the Pirates lose to the Rangers 3-2. to two. They are one game away from 500, which that, that's sad to say considering we were 20-8. and eight. Well, that'll do it for this morning's Buck of Joe. Uh, pretty heated segment, but again, when the Pirates playing like they are, kind of hard to not be heated at the team unless you're just not a fan altogether. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hey, be sure to follow Talk the Plank on Twitter at TalkThePlankPod. Also follow Fan First Sports Network at FansFirstSN. Follow me at underscore Radio Jake and follow Buck's Dugout as well. We'll see you tomorrow with another Morning Buck of Joe. It'll be a preview show as we preview the weekend series with the Seattle Mariners. Have a great day.